Hi. Hello. Welcome. Happy New Year, Janet. Happy New Year, Carrie. (laughs) When you think about the number of the year 2023, don't you feel like we should be more sci-fi than we are, like more into the future? (laughs) Yeah. In the 80s, this was supposed to be like the era of the Terminator, I, I feel like. Yeah, right? Like the Jetsons or some kind of... I mean, I know we're getting into AI a little bit now, but I thought a lot more of my life would be automated, like laundry or... (laughs) The manual part? The shit that I don't like to do, taking out the recycling, brushing my teeth. I want a bot to come brush my teeth while I'm already in bed. (laughs) Brush bot. (laughs) Brush bot. I don't recall exactly when our last podcast was recorded, but it was a minute ago. Yeah. And a lot of things happened. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I went to Las Vegas. Oh, we got yeah. COVID. We had Christmas and then we had New Year's and we had family situation. I mean, I feel like we could summarize it just by staring at each other and saying bro for <laughs> half an hour. Bro. <laughs> bro. Yeah, it was, I mean, when I look back on, I kind of haven't looked back on the whole year. I I more look at it like from when we moved in this house until now, kind of, and just like how I've been feeling internally and, you know, what my relationships look like and how I feel, you know, ultimately, like when I open my eyes in the morning, you know, it's kind of the marker for me of like, if I get ambushed with darkness or if I open my eyes and I'm like, how great a new day. And I have a smiling dog that's excited about the day and stuff. And I feel like more often than not, since we've lived in this house, I feel hopeful. You know, I I wake up with a sunnier disposition than I have in the past. And I feel very content with the ease at which I am able to conduct my life from here. And that's not to say that every moment has been bliss or anything like that. But by and large, I feel like the last year was just like foundationally very calming and very nice. And then, of course, there was Thanksgiving and COVID and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Everything that's happened. I mean, I went to Mexico the first week of December, which was a great way to start off the winter. And then I went through like a period of grief after I came back, back to the cold and the dark. And then we got COVID and COVID is spooky. Yeah, I really, I really sank into the depths of darkness. And granted, I was on like massive amounts of over-the-counter cold medication, which to me are like hallucinogenics at this point. I mean, Theraflu is a hallucinogenic in in my book. I don't take that one. There's few that I take. And I mean, I was going pretty hard for me. On cold medicine, but I won't go as far as you'll go. Yeah, I'll go pretty far. What what were you taking? <laughs> what were you taking at that time? I was taking Alka-Seltzer, Cold Plus, and then... Because here was the other thing is you couldn't find cold medicine. Oh, it that's right. It was hard to get. I kept trying to have it door dashed to me or Instacart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and they would just cancel the delivery. Like, I couldn't get it. One time they just sent you cough drops and you're yeah, like, wait a they minute. Just dro- <laughs> they just dropped off a bag of cough drops. It's like, <laughs> yeah. that's what I added to make it w- more than $25 or something. You know, it's like, I didn't, I didn't really want those, but I couldn't eat cough medicine. So I was taking um, Alka-Seltzer. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Yeah. I don't like Theraflu, but the heavy duty one I was taking was Robitussin. 
that made me feel pretty weird for a few days, but weird was an improvement. Yeah. Weird was an improvement. I felt like, but. Well, and that's even, you've had all five of the vaccinations. Yes. I had two, the original two, and I've had three boosters, including the Omicron variant booster. And I still got it. And I gave it to you, or at least I assume that's how it happened, but it's probably accurate. I went to a conference in Las Vegas, which I feel like you just get COVID as soon as you land in Las Vegas. And then, and no one's wearing masks and there were a thousand people there. Yeah. So that seems very likely that that's some kind of boomer super spreader. Yeah. I wore a mask on the plane and in the airport and stuff. The rest of the people in my party did not. And no one anywhere in Mexico was wearing masks. I would wear masks if I knew that we were going to be in a crowded place or something like that, but at a restaurant or whatever, you're going to take it off because you got to eat. So I tried, you know, I was outside most of the time, but I, I still have been mindful of it. I think since we're around a baby a lot, even if I wasn't trying to protect myself from COVID, I would like to protect myself from getting a cold or the flu or whatever else is out there. But I got a, I did get a flu shot this year too. So, I mean, we made it a really long time without getting COVID. And I think that that's kind of commendable because I know we've put in a lot of effort specifically in that area, especially going back to in-person AA meetings and just being mindful of, again, like having a baby around, I think is motivation. But it it was pretty dark. I mean, it was, it felt physically bad, but it was, I mean, it's a sad illness. It makes you feel sad. Yeah. I mean, I, I went dark internally really, really quick, which I do when I'm sick in general, I just feel like I'm going to feel this way forever. But then I really got a lot of dark thoughts of like, you're 55, your life is over. There's nothing left for you here on earth. (laughs) There's nothing exciting is ever going to happen to you again. Everything that's been fun has happened in the past, just like kind of life, you know, big sort of dark life thoughts. And you know, I mean, I shared those when they were happening or when we were both able to be standing up in the same room again. And you're like, bro, you went real dark. And I'm like, yeah, I did. But and also I realized in that time of kind of like two weeks of not a lot of contact with outside people that I wasn't in conversations that we usually have, you know, that you and I have around the house and that we have with our friends and that I have with my community of people in recovery talking about you know, spiritual matters or healing or AA or whatever. I just was having no, there was no um, outside influence of light. It was all just darkness. Yeah. And then we slid into Christmas. Oh yeah. And so I, I felt like that already, like, gosh, I haven't, cause I, you know, I wasn't meeting with my sponsees. I wasn't, wasn't meeting with my sponsor. I was watching reruns of RuPaul's Drag Race, which is honestly the only TV that I really actually watch. That's your happy place. That's yeah. my happy place. So I'm watching reruns. I mean, this this scary and to coin a phrase like sobering part of it is how easy it is for me to forget and to just sort of go back to sleep to like that. That is my heart's desire. I love talking about how it's feeling on the inside, you know, how, what's going on in your heart? What, what are you afraid of? Where is God missing from your life? Like, I love talking like that when it is taken away or it's removed from me for a moment of time. I forget that I love doing that. Mm-hmm. And I just think that this is what life is. And I just get very worldly very quickly. And so then we have COVID we're sick for days. You and I aren't even really talking because we feel like shit. 
And then my brother arrives Mm -hmm. (laughs) and his whole family and my sister wants to come over and her whole family. And my mom has expectations and my dad and my, my son's in town and my, and I'm like, I feel super disconnected, but I don't know that's what's wrong. I just think I feel like sad. I'm just like depressed all of a sudden. I'm just depressed. But you also, at that time, you went into super high functioning mode. It's like you just had to switch it on and start having events and preparing food and making everyone comfortable. So it's like you didn't even have a transition really. No. From- and then I'm not meeting with sponsees or going to meetings because I have family in town. Yeah. So I'm playing like cruise director, you know, trying to organize everything with my daughter and son and my brother and et cetera, et cetera. And there's so many people it's hard to make everyone happy. And, you know, I'm the only alcoholic in my family. It would seem to be that I am the only alcoholic in my family. And so they don't have to talk. They don't have to participate in support groups or that level, that kind of thinking or that kind of introspection. They can just be in the world. And I'll tell you from the outside, it doesn't look like it. That's I don't envy them because it seems like it's Like, it doesn't even feel good to them. Pretty crusty, yeah. Yeah, it seems crusty, crispy. But, you know, for normal people, it's not suicide to talk about if only they would just act right, I'd be happy. Right? They can talk (laughs) like that. They can say, like, gosh, our mom, right? Like, she's difficult. And, you know, how frustrating this didn't work out. And I'm upset about this. And it doesn't destroy their day. But I, as soon as I'm hanging out in a, in a flock of ducks, I turn into a duck. Sure. Right. And I'm just doing the same thing like that mother, like, oh, frustrating. Oh, that, of course they're like that. And I feel like hell. I hate it. I don't like how it feels. I have, and now I'm like, I have it all. It's like a mashup between COVID and me being outside of spiritual principles and I haven't been, you know, I hadn't been to an AA meeting in a month, you know? So I just was like, wow, this is hard. Life is hard. I don't like it. Yeah. It was real. It was real dark too. I mean, physically, like environmentally very dark outside. Yeah. Rainy. Remember that ice day where you couldn't even, I couldn't take the trash out. I slid <laughs> no. all the way down the hill. Our driveway is a little bit of a hill and I, it was the day before Christmas Eve and I had only bought a couple of gifts. I got a couple of small things for Mason and Kyle in Mexico and I had gotten you something and I had gotten Dallas something small. And I knew that I was going to see my family. Mason was hosting at his new house and I wanted to get gifts for the rest of my family that I was going to see. And I didn't know what was happening outside. It was kind of my first day, like back on my feet. And I was like, I'm going to go down to <laughs> this little shopping center and go to TJ Maxx or whatever target. And I noticed when I went out to my car, which I park outside, that it was very cold. It was very, my car was frozen. I couldn't open the door. And I was like, wow, it's a cold day. No big deal. Your whole car was frozen. It was a block of ice. Yeah. But I just got in it. I like chipped the ice off the door. I got in it, turned it on and figured I'm just going to let it run for a while to defrost. So I come back out. It had defrosted enough. And I knocked all the snow and ice off it and everything. And I start going. I I watched you. I go to drive down the driveway and I realize that I am ha- I have no traction. I'm You're just not sliding down the driveway. <laughs> and then I keep, but I keep going because I got to go Christmas shopping and I'm still pretty woozy, you know, like haven't really eaten and probably have a bunch of cold meds in my system. 
we're driving through our neighborhood and I'm like, there's no one out today. There's no one driving today. It was like noon or something, you know, no one's driven anywhere today. And I'm looking around and then <laughs> I like realized my crunchy, it's so crunchy outside, but it's silent though. Cause I'm sliding. I'm not, there's no noise. <laughs> And I go to make the first turn off of our street and I'm not really in control of my SUV that I'm the captain of. And I just, I just drift. I just start drifting. <laughs> I, luckily there's no one else on the road. No luckily one you didn't end ring. up in a ditch. <laughs> I know, but I kept going. I just kept thinking like, if I can get to a main, a more main road where there's been more traffic that I'll be able to drive like, like a snow day perhaps. So I'm trying to make my way out to the main road. And I, you know, a couple blocks later realized like, I think this might be dangerous. I'm still not seeing any cars. I'm not in control of my car. So I turn around and come back and then I see our driveway and like, well, how am I going to get up that hill? Cause I don't remember having any traction on the way down. And so I just gunned it on the <laughs> ice in our cul-de-sac and halfway up the driveway, I hit a point where my car stopped going and I just gunned it a little bit more. And somehow like one of the, I have all wheel drive. So like one of the tires must've caught some traction and I just, one last push up into my parking spot. And I was like, well, that seemed like something weird. And I came in and you were like, um, <laughs> how'd that go for you? And then I realized I like looked at the news or something and realized like, oh, our whole city is in an ice blackout. So yeah, Puget Sound. Everyone was like, could not leave their house. And our actual neighborhood is on a pretty big hill. Like you have to go down some pretty major hills to get off of our big main part of the city. So I would have been so fucked if I would have gone out to the main road and slid down a hill down to down to Target. So, but I, you know, I showed up, I still felt pretty shitty when I went to Christmas at Mason's house and I kind of had a bad attitude and said some negative stuff and felt bad about it. And then after the group of people left, I stayed behind and sat and talked with Mason and Kyle. And I was like, Hey, sorry about that earlier. I don't know. I'm just coming out of the darkness. Like I really feel like I've, I'm just trying to re-enter humanity. I'm sorry for, you know, bringing that negativity here. And they were like, Oh, you're fine. It's fine. They were trying to get out the door to go to Whistler. So it was a pretty short interaction, which it was great to see everybody, but it was not like a, a long hang. But Kyle prepared a beautiful meal and it was their first event in the house. And so it felt neat, like a kind of a landmark moment for them. Yeah, it was neat. I look forward to going back there in the in the nicer weather and being able to like enjoy the yard and bring the dog and stuff. But it was the baby's first Christmas. It was Willow's first Christmas. So that was fun to have her. Luckily, we had like recovered just in time to have to have by like over. a day a day yeah, yeah it was, it was brutal. a close call it was like the timing was really tense and then having all of your family here for me is super easy and fine I, I enjoy your family of course and I just got to hide in my room and lay in bed and then I would come out and sneak some food sometimes and like take it back to my room and just like this is the best of both worlds I got to just be at home come out hang out for five minutes, hold the baby for a few minutes and then just go back to bed. So I really think, I feel like at the end of the COVID that I got a lot more rest than you did. Cause I really was like napping and just like, I also decided coming out of the, of the inner COVID darkness that I wanted to just consume very wholesome media content. Yeah, That's all I can do anymore. And I was looking and looking and looking and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And I, you know, I've seen some episodes of Modern Family here and there over time. It's been on for like 10 years or something. So 
I kind of knew who the cast of characters were, knew like the premise of the show, but there's 11 seasons of it. And I'm like, I'm just going to start at episode one and I'm going to get into Modern Family. And I still, to this day, last night, I still am only on like season eight or something. I'm still watching it. Like it just feels good when I fall asleep and I wake up in the morning and I wake up with good thoughts and I'm like, I'm just going to continue to watch Modern Family. Yeah, I have to be super careful with my inputs. Like I just don't like a lot of drama and tension yeah violence and gratuitous Uh, rupaul's drag race everyone's really funny they're really talented there's funny music the jokes are the jokes that kind of humor that i like yeah it's very easy Well, and you're a multitasker you'll always be like drawing something or doing a video game or doing something else while something's on so you need to just like have that noise and that input but you're not 100 percent invested in what you're watching last night i started watching or yesterday during the day i started watching the new alejandro in a movie it's on netflix it's called bardo and I watched it for like 10 minutes and I'm like, I think I'm going to watch it incrementally. It's not like super dark or scary or anything, but it just seems like something. Have you seen like The Revenant and his other movies? Um, Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, I'm not a movie guy. Yeah, he's a a Mexican director that I've typically liked most of his films, but this one is a... A little bit different. And then I also have been watching, you know, I, I love a docuseries. I watched the Richard Branson docuseries on HBO. And then that somehow got me into the Mark Wahlberg docuseries on HBO. It's called Wall Street. And I've never like been a, in my consciousness. It's never been Mark Wahlberg is not in the forefront of people that I am interested in. But I'm not not interested in him. I think for people like us, like because we're kind of of the same era. I think he just turned 50. So he's a little bit younger than me. But I mean, who doesn't remember Marky Mark and and Boogie Nights and all of that shit. So I think I have a fondness for him. But he's a very interesting fellow. I mean, it's a he gets a lot of shit done. He's like a real high functioning human being. And I think just from my assessment of the docuseries, I think he really is a really tries really hard to be a really decent guy, you know, and really loves his family and has integrity with the stuff that he's doing. And he also like really wants to like prop other people up and help other people achieve their goals and stuff. I think he's a really, you know, I was really into Entourage when it was on back in the day, HBO, which was of course the story of his life with his friends when he came to LA and stuff. So maybe I have always had a fondness for Mark Wahlberg. Now it's out and I've said it and it's out in the (laughs) universe. I mean, he's not like, I mean, he's no Harry Styles or anything, but, you know, seems like a really solid human being, like trying to, and there's one episode where, sorry if anyone hasn't watched it and they're going to watch, I mean, everyone knows that his mom passed away. I knew that already before I started watching it, but I had kind of forgotten. And he was in the middle of filming a movie that he was financing when he got the news that his mom had passed. And like, I started crying. I really felt it. Like watching him go through, it was really profound for me. And he you know, watching him go through the grief process and, and, you know, for him to allow people to see that and to really see the reality of his life, I think is really courageous and really admirable. So that said, if he gets canceled tomorrow, whatever, I mean, we all know that that shit can happen to people that appear to be, you know, especially anyone from anyone from our generation. Yeah. They could all be canceled at any moment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's my Marky Mark take, but he does have like a neon sign in one of his productions. He's got a bunch of businesses. So a bunch of offices in one of the offices, there's a big neon sign that says Dirk Diggler on it. And I just, you know, you got to love Dirk Diggler. But then something happened to me like two or three days ago. I don't know exactly when it happened, but, oh, and we also both celebrated our sober milestones just last week, the very end of December, the last couple of days of December, both of us and a couple of our other friends. And it's always a time for me, like it's always a time of kind of reflection and assessment. Yeah. And something's happened to me in the last like several days where I have this, it feels kind of like mania, but in a, in a positive aspect, like mild mania, where I am able to get a lot of shit done. And I feel really like on fire and hopeful about some old projects that have been hanging around, not getting paid attention to. And then some new stuff that's kind of starting to break through and break free. And it's like, while I'm in this state of high functioning and high motivation to do stuff, I'm really trying to get organized, stay organized, stay focused like do little pieces of all these different areas of life that I'm trying to push forward. So I'm in a state where I feel really productive, which is not, yeah. I mean, that's not my default state. I don't think. And like what you were talking about, about like going dark really quickly internally and realizing that my mind or the mind that is attached to me (laughs) That's its natural state. Its natural default is dark, negative, defeatist, nihilistic. But I also did notice that once I started to kind of get back into the stream of life and started having conversations with people and getting back into, you know, doing some healing key sessions and stuff as a client and as a practitioner, I'm now practicing doing my practice sessions to get my full like credential or whatever to be a practitioner. I did notice that I was able to switch over into a, like a positive aspect or a lighter aspect quickly. And I did notice that that felt different than it has in the past. A lot of times in the past, I'd have to kind of go through the motions for a long time before I really felt it internally. And this time it seems like it was a much more natural, like quicker transition to like shut down the darkness coming from the critic. You know what I mean? Did you feel that way too? Like once you started getting back into it, it was a pretty quick turnaround. Such a strange week because yeah, my AA birthday is December 28th. And then, you know, I get super reflective and think about where I was 11 years ago and, and then new year's, which is just feels like a new slate, right? Like a new year, I can, you know, make some, promises or some goals or something because I have this new year. So it's like both happening very close together. And I mean, the reflective, it's, it's like, you can't help, but think about it at anniversaries. I used to like some, you know, in the beginning of August, I would get really sad and I couldn't figure out why. And then I would remember, oh, right. Steve died on this year, this time of year, right? Like so sometimes it like happens even before you cognitively understand why. Sure. Yeah. But it's just like, you. I always get kind of, it's not, I don't, I'm super grateful. I am, you know, so happy that my life is different than where it was, but I have like this sadness for me, from, I have the sadness for me, from me in 2011 of like how my life was, was like, 
I can't imagine how I held that much pain in the body that I have. Right. Yeah. Like I, I was so sad, you know, my kids, I, you know, I was living in the, in a basement on a mattress in a, someone, a very kind family, let me live in their basement. They were taking a pretty big risk to even do that. And, you know, I was going to AA meetings and not staying sober. And it was, you know, just like super confusing and desperate and sad. And, you know, I'm happiest when I'm with my kids. You know, I was just very baffled and hopeless. And I'm sad. Like, it's amazing that anyone lives through a step one, you know, because talk about complete defeat, man. The only thing I had is maybe like 1% of hope that it could be different. That's it. I had lost everything else. I didn't have any money. I had the same job, but it wasn't a it wasn't that great a job. I worked remotely for a number of years for that company and I had that and I had a tiny bit of hope and that was it. All it takes. Amazingly enough, it's actually kind of a requirement. You know, like at least it was for me to have like freaking nothing. No attachment. Yeah. And there's just nothing. There's no barrier left. It's not like, yeah, yeah. I'll just do whatever you say because I have nothing. So I was like super willing, which, you know, if you could figure out how to package that kind of willingness, we would be millionaires. So I had that and, you know, we had our home group on Saturday and then we went to a New Year's Eve party. It was real, you know, a lot of our close friends and I wanted to start you know, I have this strange mental disability or something. I don't know how to, this weird bit of psychology that there's a part of me that re- rebels against anything that I like and anything that is good for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that is. I don't, I mean, when I am in an argument with myself every morning when I need to take my vitamins. Sure. Right. And I have to like, almost play mind games so that I do it because the part of me that is like middle fingers up, like we're not doing any of that often wins. Yeah. And I don't know why. And so I'm in this, like I have this curiosity or I'm in this mission kind of to try to figure out ways to sort of bolster my ability to do the things that are good for me. Will that was a guest on this program several episodes ago and I are co-creating uh well he's doing most of the work I'm doing a lot of the moral support um, yeah. <laughs> we're co-creating a app that is hopefully going to like gamify our daily tasks so I'm excited about that because we're both he and I are both like very much driven to answer that question for ourselves of like Why is it hard for me to do the things that are good for me? Why is that hard? I like the effect that vitamins produce, right? I like to have energy. I like to be able to sleep. I like to have my inflammation under control. But why do I have to fight with myself to do that? Why am I in like a six-month battle to get on that stinking Peloton? (laughs) I walk past it every day and I'm like double fingers. No fucking way. I pay for that stupid thing. Right. I'm paying for it. I'm paying for the membership to Peloton that I do not use because I want to want to, but I don't want to. 
Sure. Right. So like, what can I do to add any sort of tricks or gimmicks or ideas or art or creativity or something to my life that makes it easier for me to do the things I don't want to do. So I bought a planner because it doesn't seem to live in my phone. The answer to that question doesn't seem to live in my phone. There isn't an app that's been created yet. There isn't like, it's not about I seriously live and die by my phone calendar. Like my life is in that calendar. Yeah. Um, Appointments. Yeah. But the answer is not in my phone. So I got a planner, like an old school, like notebook. Yeah. Notebook with like week at a glance, month at a glance, you know, because everybody's a little bit more in the self-help behavioral health mentality planners are pretty cool these days, right? Yeah. Like you can buy ones with a lot of like cool features. Like I'm going to reward myself with this. If I complete this, this month, and you can set it all up like your month at a glance, you can have all these rewards and payoffs and here's my dreams. And here's what I want to have accomplished. And I just like spent a lot of time on January. I spent a lot of time like figuring out my week. I'm hoping that it just becomes a pattern that I spend time on a daily, weekly, monthly basis planning and sort of like paying myself forward to like do the things that I really want to do. Like today I was working on our back pantry (laughs) that is like our storage room and it had gone to hell since November. It had gone to hell because, (laughs) you know, I had been cooking a lot and baking a lot and It just had gone to hell. So I hate anything that feels chaotic. And yet I can't get over the hump to do the thing that I want to do that is good for me. I don't know why. So that part of me has a serious impact on all these different areas of my life, right? Like I need to get a job or I need to have some idea of some finances coming in. And every day I have an opportunity to like build my website, try this, apply for that. And often, I mean, and it was easy to justify over December because I'm like busy, busy. I'm in Las Vegas. I have COVID. I'm planning for Christmas, but I don't have that excuse anymore. Like I have to do something. So I put everything in the planner and, you know, yesterday First day, really using the planner yesterday and the day before, and I completed the projects that I wanted to have completed. So for three days now, it's been effective. You know, when I was telling Will about it the other day, he's like, how long do you think that's going to last? And I'm like, I couldn't even tell you. It could be a week. It could be a month. It could be all year. But I think he's right to wonder. Like, that feels kind of uh, rudimentary or like... It's like you're tricking yourself, but eventually you're going to outsmart the trick, right? So possibly, possibly, possibly. possibly. I'm game to try. I'm game to try. I mean, it's gotten you three days. I mean, if it gets you anything, then it's in the plus column. But well, I want to mention a couple things. So the documentary that Jonah Hill made about his therapist. I really love that documentary. Phil Stutz. So which is great. I highly recommend it to every human being on the planet. But There's something powerful about writing something down with your own hand, with a pen on a piece of paper. There's something about that that's different than putting it in your phone. I agree. 
also, from what I know of you, you are the type of person that like kind of once you flip that switch and get going, you you usually go for a good stretch. Like when I've seen you go hard on the Peloton for months at a time or whatever. And I think as a human being, what I know about myself and what I think I've noticed about other people is that it's all cyclical. I go through cycles of doing all the stuff that makes me feel great. And then I'll go through a cycle where I don't do any of it. And then I start to feel those effects. I'm like, oh shit, I haven't done A, B, C, D, E, F, G for two weeks or a month or whatever. And then you slowly kind of start incorporating the things back in. And that's what we talk about in peer support. That's what we talk about in 12-step recovery. It's about like the you start to eventually, once you do a routine long enough, you eventually have the discipline where it comes easier. There's not such a big wall that you have to. It does, but then the cycle ends, right? Of course. Yeah. But if you know what that's what to expect, then you don't live in the shame and disappointment. You just kind of wait for that cycle to play itself out. And then you start the new cycle of getting back on the schedule of doing the stuff. I mean, do you know a single human being? Well, I know one. Yes. Yes, I, I do. I know. <laughs> yes, Freaking Alan. Alan will go to the gym. If we are in a different city, he will go pay a daily rate to go to the gym. He goes every freaking day. Yeah, there are those people. We're just not that type of people. I, no, I don't know I don't how. Know. I like what I don't know. what like hormone or atom or chemical is in his brain that's not in mine. And may I don't know exactly what it takes for him to go to the gym every day. Maybe he has to try really hard to do that, but he doesn't. I mean, and my therapist said that she would graduate me if this one thing, like, and it's my physical health. If I could take care of my physical health in a way that felt sustainable, then she would say, congratulations. We, But I don't. You have. You have, have. in your life in the past. I I've have. seen right it. Now, You're not I at have, this moment. No, yeah. right now I am not. I am not. Eating a lot of candy, fighting with myself to take my vitamins, not exercising, not going on a walk. Not seeing a doctor, not doing my body work with Celeste, not doing my herbal stuff. You know, I made, you know, the herbal tea that I'm supposed to be drinking every day. I made a cup of it, left it on the back of the sink and stared at it for two days and was like, I'm not (laughs) drinking it. I'm not drinking it. But here's the menacing part of that. Who is saying that? Who is saying that? Because I want to drink it. But I live with someone who's trying to kill me. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know what to do to, like, make her feel like she doesn't need to do that anymore. Like, it's very much like some kind of fuck you rebel yeah, it's self-sabotaging. Self-sabotage. Yeah, we yeah. In healing key way we call it a self-sabotaging thought form or something. But also, I will say, when you come from where we came from as teenagers and young adults, all we did was self-sabotage. All we did was try to destroy our physical bodies and, you know. I had a mom who was on one hand terrified that I was going to die, and on the other hand, unable to deal with any kind of trauma without dissociating and completely shutting down. Mm -hmm. So I broke my foot playing basketball. My brother actually broke my foot playing basketball. And I told her, I think my foot is broken. And she didn't take me to the doctor for three days because her response to it was shut down. Like she was terrified of me getting hurt. 
when I get hurt, she can't handle it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I have a, you know, 25 year diagnosis with an autoimmune pain disorder that hurt, like my body hurts. So there is something about like, if I leave my body, if I dissociate, if I don't spend any time in my physicalness, then I don't feel pain. So, I mean, dissociation is like a skill and it's just not a very adaptive skill. No, it worked. You know, I mean, it worked for the period of time that it needed to work for. I mean, as you know, someone in our extended friend group gave me the nickname Stepford because I was staring out the window, not blinking for so long while we were in a car together. He was like, hey, Stepford, Stepford. I always hated that nickname. I know. I think it's never. I never (laughs) called you that. I think it's funny. I don't mind it. And I mean, no one really calls me that anymore. Our other friend who used to call me that is no longer incarnate on this planet. But I mean, I hear what you're saying. And that's why, like, I feel like we in all different, all different types of people, but you and I specifically can really kind of motivate each other in different ways. Like if you're doing something, I'm like, I got a planner, like, oh, you got a planner. Oh, I'm going to get a planner. So I stopped and got a planner. And today I was out in the same room with the Peloton, just doing some stretches on the yoga mat. And I was like, Hey, we should do a yoga Peloton in the morning. Just drag your yoga mat out <laughs> What here. was my response? I don't, I don't remember. It was what like, was blah. It? Oh, <laughs> yeah. But then I was thinking like, let's start making a, just start making a, a date. Like let's just meet up at eight in the morning with our yeah. yoga mats and just turn yoga the Peloton. Hour. Yeah. Yoga just turn hour. the Peloton uh, screen toward us and just start at the ground zero start with just like restorative stretching baby yeah. you know child yeah. pose just restorative easy. stretching and like beginner yoga i f- i love all you love that. it yeah so I do i it. yeah like i know you well enough to know that once you touch any of that equipment then it's on then you'll you'll launch it and and go but it's like sometimes we need each other we need someone else we need an outside force for a prompt of like Let's go for a walk. Yeah, Let's fucking, yeah. you know. That, I mean, it's good that it would be you because if it was someone else, like I might be an asshole about it. I don't mean it. I don't mean it. <laughs> I want to do it, but I might bitch about it the whole time. And and I don't know why. I don't know why. But I might be like, oh, this is a stupid idea. Why are we doing this? I hate it. I hate it. Well, yeah. And it might be terrible while you're doing it for a minute, you know, or a while. And I I have a thing of like, I always want to have just physically, I always want to have like buff arms and shoulders. <laughs> I've had it like twice in my life where I've looked at my arms and shoulders in the mirror and thought, I look muscular. Like I want to be buff. And I'm very thin. Linda Hamilton and Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. And when I see pictures of women with sleeveless pictures where they have some definition in their arms, like even the other on New Year's Eve, Shannon, I took a picture of Shannon and her puppy. And I'm like, her arms look so great. I want those just little, not that hers are little, but I know mine are going to be little, little muscular arms. I've had it happen to me organically just from playing a lot of tennis one particular summer, like playing tennis every day, just, you know, in a neighborhood court, just hitting balls with my friends or whatever. And then um, when I was in treatment in 1995 for a year, um, that particular treatment center had a recycling plant. Oh, yeah. And I worked at recycling and I was, my whole body was bigger, but I was like solid muscle. I mean, I was like as buff and fit as I've probably will ever be in my lifetime. 
I'd almost be willing to go to treatment for a year <laughs> to be that buff again and eat all those treatment meals and be like throwing carts around at the recycling plant and shit. Like I, f- I feel like in inside me, there is a large, muscular, powerful person, physical force that wants to be in the world. And it's a bizarre thing, but I was thinking about, you know, my at my age or whatever, I feel like I should be doing some weights. I should be lifting weights. I should be doing some weight training for bone strength. And if I want to have buff arms, I'm going to have to do something to, you know, get some resistance on my arms. And I've been throwing around the idea. Well, I'm going to start on the Peloton with some rides that have arm workouts in the rides. I want to just start. There's a a whole strength training section of classes and we have, we have weights and resistance bands. It's really all you need. I mean, there's nothing I can do about like the skin on my neck that's melting off and just like the old parts of my body that I'm trying to love. I send them love and light every day. And I thank my body for all it's doing and for healing and for, you know, being my avatar and all the, all the stuff I've put, put it through and it's still chugging along. I'm still, I'm still active and mobile and I'm grateful for that. But I want to up, I want to up the ante this year. I want to see like how far I could really take my physical. And you know, I'm bad at eating. I'm bad at meals. I'm bad at grocery shopping. And I would like to get intentional about like putting nutrition in my body, like enough nutrition to build a muscle. You know, yeah. That's why I asked for those Cambros because I want to have our refrigerator set up in a way that like you could just go to the fridge. And in five minutes, put together a healthy salad or a healthy snack, right? Like have some cooked sweet potatoes, have some salad mix, have some, like you could just put it together pretty Mm -hmm. easily. Yeah. You know, I don't think we eat especially trashy. No. We don't eat much. No. I don't either. I don't feel like I eat that bad. I mean, I whatever. I've always kind of been able to eat whatever I want. I don't really have to watch my calorie intake or anything like that, but I do have a tendency to, well, I eat a lot of taco time is my thing. I eat a lot of takeout. I eat, just eat a lot of takeout food. I just don't prepare food very much, but also I don't intentionally know like how much protein am I actually eating? How much, how many cups of vegetables am I eating each day? I I'm just not going to track my food again. I'm never no, going to track my food. I'm not going to track food, but I could definitely be eating more food that just comes from the earth and well, more diversity more yeah. types of things right it'd be nice to have like oh we have a tupperware of quinoa and you can just pull out some salad throw some quinoa on it throw some chopped up peppers throw a cucumber yeah some dressing on and you're good right it's like i sometimes have that intention like we go we have a really cool kind of produce stand butcher shop little independent store in our neighborhood and i'll go there and i'll get that type of shit i'll get a bunch of salad stuff and whatever and then i it rots. Yeah. I'm it's just the middle finger person, like that middle finger part of me that is just like, fuck it. I'm not actually going to do it. Like I have the best intentions for my physical wellness. I really do. I want to be a healthy person, but I have this deep, this like <laughs> presence that wants to sabotage it. Is it just pure unadulterated like laziness? Or is it something different than that? A different species of some type it's of not that, rebellion. It's way more subtle than that. It's not, it's like laziness is, I wouldn't say either of us are lazy. We do. Oh, I would describe myself as very lazy. I wouldn't describe you as lazy. Really? That's delightful to you hear. Walk Thank the dogs you. like 20 times a week. I never I do. walk the dogs. 
I do walk the dogs. That's not what lazy people do. But, you know, I wouldn't be out walking around if it wasn't for them. I mean, it's like I'm inspired to do it because I'm a caretaker of these animals and I want them to have the experience. It's not because... Yeah, isn't that funny? We will do it for an animal, (laughs) not for ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, we would never feed our dogs the, you know, we're just more thoughtful about the health of those that we care about and love than we are about ourselves. Why do I steal from myself? And who, who is it that is stealing from me? <laughs> yeah. Who is and how that? do I get rid of her? What how stinker? do I get rid of her? That little bugger. Well, we should throw some healing key sessions on that. I mean, yeah. that would be I mean, I cool... think that that's kind of my idea. I know like we've been pro dragging out. I'll just say the healing key sessions that you're going to do for me. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I have this idea that I want to do them as episodes. Mm. Because I don't care, right? I am an open book, man. If it helps anybody else to hear me figure out why I am trying to kill my own self, like I'm down to do that. I mean, I love that you're willing to be so open and vulnerable about it. What I would want to put forward here is to get into some sessions and you can have me and Courtney both, you know, however you want to do it. And then we can talk specifically about the sessions on the podcast without having to do a session on the podcast, because I think there are a lot of areas during a session where there's really nothing happening. Either you're doing like an intervention on yourself, doing a chakra balance, or you're doing some eye movements or whatever. And it just, I don't know that it would be compelling to listen to a session specifically, but we could do a review of what came up in session and talk about a session after the session. What if we did it as a video? I think it'd be just as boring. And I think that it is like, we do really consider it a sacred healing space. Yeah. And there's something about that, that just, I just hit a wall when I think about doing it in that capacity, it might change over time. And maybe after you've done a few sessions, then it might be a little more feasible or something, but I mean, I'm open to it. But I still, it still occurs to, for me as kind of a like a, ah. Uh, well, I hope that I hope that we identify this little booger and pluck her out of my energy field because she is a bummer. I have no doubt that you will, that you will. Your highest self is what identifies what's coming up for healing and what comes up to be cleared and what comes up to be illuminated comes from you. It comes from your highest self and your deepest wisdom. So it's available. I mean, you have two practitioners in your life. <laughs> you could be doing this shit. Also, I just want to mention that. So uh, if you've listened to our podcast, you've heard the episode with our friend Courtney, who is also in practitioner training to be a healing key way practitioner. And she is also doing sessions. We have to do a hundred sessions in our practicum to become full-fledged practitioners. Although the sessions are just like the sessions I do with my practitioner. They're real healing spiritual work sessions. And my website is kerrymontgomery.net. So if you're inspired to learn more about it, there's information on my website about Healing Key Way. And I also have a scheduler embedded in there. So you can just put yourself on my calendar and I get a notification that we have an appointment and then we'll meet on Zoom like this, or we can meet in person or on the phone and do some healing work, do some spiritual healing, clearing, illuminate some of these things, like what Janet's talking about and what I'm talking about, like trying to work on different stuff and trying to like, just, you know, maybe do some identifying of 
where it started or how it started or like what, when I, you know, fragmented and created this other narrative that's happening in my mind or whatever, but a lot of, a lot of stuff comes to light. And I just want to put it out there that any of our listeners or any of our friends that are listening to the podcast, if you're interested in doing a session that I have a ton of availability and the website is carriemontgomery.net. Another word about that is like, I've done, I guess like 15 sessions and I started out wanting to take this cycle of the foundational training because the person who created this protocol, this is his last full time that he's teaching the full foundational course. And I wanted to take it from him. And this was the last opportunity. But I also realized that when you learn how to be the facilitator of something or the trainer or the teacher, it deepens your own experience with whatever it is you're presenting. And just like even in the few sessions that I've done, I believe that it has changed me, continued to change me at the same speed or in the same way or the same process as being a client myself and doing sessions with my practitioner. And it just occurred to me the other day, like, wow, doing these sessions and being the facilitator of someone else's session, I feel like it's changing me internally exponentially. You know what I mean? Like I've been doing healing key for two years with my practitioner. And of course I've noticed a huge difference internally and in my thought life and in my spiritual daily practice and my connection and being a practitioner is really like, like an accelerant or something to facilitate the change and the, you know, the growth or the expansion or the learning or whatever in myself. So I would highly recommend like if anyone is in, I think at our age is when people start to kind of turn and want to be in the other chair, you know, in the other seat of the process. And you're going through a lot of that stuff with your stuff you're going to launch. And um, it's really neat. And it's really helped me kind of embrace the crone, you know, the crone era of yes. life and really feeling, <laughs> thank you. And feeling, and it also has really made me feel like I have something to offer and to kind of be the Sherpa for people while, while they're exploring their consciousness and their spirituality and their behavior, you know, their behaviors, like their, their critic, like what their critic is chattering about and watching people have that experience has been really, really profound. I mean, it's a very different thing to be sponsored than to sponsor. Yeah. Right. Like it's much more rewarding to sponsor. Yeah. It feels very like, it feels like a, like a purpose to your life. If we can figure out how to make money at it, like that's my dream. If I can be self-supportive, I'm not trying to be rich. I'm just trying to be self-supportive by by offering our services to people who are interested. Well, and also like what we were just talking about, about having COVID and not being connected and having it go dark internally and then coming out of it and, and getting back into a lighter space internally. You know, if somebody is lucky enough to be able to do this kind of work, this sort of helpful, helping people you know, level up or expand or heal or whatever, like the longer I get to spend in that ecosystem, the better I feel. So, wow, if I could do that for a job, which I kind of do in my other job too, but if I can have these conversations about spirituality and about healing and, and watching people, watching them light up and watching them awaken and, and become self-realized, 
like, yeah, what kind of life is that going to be, man? I'm just going to be fucking levitating around the house. I'm going to be walking, you know, just floating around the neighborhood with my dogs. It's like, (laughs) yeah, if I could make a living doing that, of course, I'd want to make a living doing that. I mean, I pay, I pay my practitioner. I would pay her whatever she charged. I mean, it's changed my existence. Same. Yeah. We talked about this last year. You and I talk about it a lot. And we talked about it with Courtney about really, you know, kind of forming this collective of women, most likely, or people that are interested in, you know, bringing an offering forth and offering it into the collectives of all different types of modality of expansion and consciousness and, and healing. And I think that that is like my North star, like that's at the forefront of my, but, you know, with things like that, what we know is that like, yeah, we have an idea and we kind of speak it into existence and we speak it into the material world in a way, but the powers that be, the forces, you know, at work behind the scenes decide how and when that's going to happen. So we just keep preparing ourselves and keep preparing ourselves. And I'm just following the breadcrumbs. Just however, yeah. However, lily that's going to lily pad. I don't know where I am going. I have no idea where we're going to end up, but I'm just jumping from lily pad to lily pad. Well, I have a vision of where I want to end up. And it looks like Every time I mention it, you're always like, I don't want to live on a farm. We're going to live on a gentleman's farm or gentlewoman's farm that where you have a huge garden and you're the cooking and creating and you're doing all your stuff in your art studio. And I have a bunch of small, probably rascally animals, some goats and some horses and some other stuff. And I feel like where we live now is like our practice space because we're doing a lot of physical stuff around our house. It's like, it's a big house and a big yard. And we have a lot of stuff that we manage and we manage a few animals. And it's like a little baby experiment of like, okay, what we're going to do is we're just going to expand this a little bit bigger. You're growing stuff. You have a ton of plants. You're getting the yard ready to plant some vegetables in the spring and all that shit. And it's like, yeah, we're, we're here. We're, we're doing this step towards just getting a little farther outside of where we live now, but still close to probably this area. There's a lot of open space around here where we could get some property, you know, and get a couple acres and see what that would look like. Have like a little, our house more like a, like a little lodge with a big gathering space and some other outlying, you know, buildings where other stuff is happening or whatever, and a little Creek or some nature or big garden bed, or I don't know, like I, I have a clear vision of that. And last time I brought it up, you're like, I don't want to go live on a farm. And I'm like, well, you're going, you're going. I don't want to clean out horse stalls. I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want to slop the hogs. Yes, you do. (laughs) Shut up. You do too. You're the one, I mean, this is coming from the person who like, when we first got our dog Paluto, he had like a, a diarrhea attack all around the house. And I was out of town for a week and you're the person who started making his food from scratch. Like you're the person who plants all the shit. That's like, there's something in your mind that tells you that you're not that farm person, but you are that farm person. I'll muck out the horse stalls. I'll do the nasty animal shit, but you're going to probably be the person like figuring out how to do it and telling me what to do. Like, I know a little bit about a lot of stuff, but I don't know a lot about certain things. I mean, I've had horses, you know, when I was a kid, but I'm definitely not an horse expert. I don't know how often the dentist has to come or whatever. I don't know. But like, that's the shit that, you know, I don't know much about goats, but I want some, I don't know. I want some chickens. It's like, I I don't know. We could get chickens, but I don't think we can get chickens with Tito. No, well, they have to have enough room so that they're enclosed so that nothing can get to them. So we just need a little more space. And I think we're going to grad, you know, after we're here a couple of years or whatever, we'll graduate to some space. And I realize I'm going to be an old person. I'm going to be a senior citizen. 
mucking out stalls. And that's fine. That's what I want to be doing. That's what I want to do. I want a little dirt bike. I want to have some little golf cart type stuff where we can go out into the woods or whatever on our little razors or whatever they're called, the little four wheel kind of all-terrain vehicles. Like I have a vision and I want little dirt bikes and I want Willow to have a little thing she can drive around and throw corn to the pigs or whatever. Like I want a farm life, not too far outside the city, I guess is what I'm saying. And that's always been the vision that I'm holding. And I just don't see myself doing it alone. I mean, I'm not going to just go be an old person on a farm. Well, I might, I don't, I can't say, but, but, you know, that said, I have some, you know, projects, some creative projects that have been in the works for, you know, I don't know, 10, 20 years or whatever. And so I'm feeling like this spark of, motivation and focus in some of those areas. And that feels great. And I feel like that those, all those things are kind of tied together, like the ranch and then like this, these other creative projects. So I feel like the creative projects have to come to fruition first, and then I'll be able to self-finance the, you know, the farm that I want to have. And I'm working on that stuff, you know, I'm inspired and I'm having, like memories are coming back to me that I haven't been consciously aware of for years, decades, and I'm writing it down, you know, I'm making note of it. So sky's the limit. I mean, this, what are we doing here? This is just a video game. Like it's create your own adventure. We can do whatever we want. Might not happen today, might not happen tomorrow, but I'm holding it in the field of possibility. Like I, it's my intention. I mean, I, I feel like I've, that's what I want to have happen. I could be wrong. I could get derailed and go in a different direction that's easier or faster or whatever. Who knows? Yeah. I love the vision. I think it sounds fun. Does it? I mean, I'm not going to clean out the horse stalls. That's your only caveat. I don't want to lift heavy things much. <gasps> not much. You think I do? Look at me. <laughs> My arms are sticks. They're like twigs on a tree. I'm not lifting heavy things. No, we'll get that's, a how you're gonna get your, that's how you're going to get your dream shoulders. We're going to get a forklift for the hay and stuff. I, no. I once owned a forklift. Did you know that? No. That? I once owned a forklift. We're going to get a little forklift. We'll have a little golf cart thing. And I don't know. I don't know what is happening, but something's happening. The universe has cracked open and there's some new, new juice, like some new fuel is been thrown onto the fire. And I'm just going to keep being in this manic state of production (laughs) as long as I can, because I know it's going to end. Yeah. Suck it up. So the more shit I can get done while I'm in this state, uh, the more likely. I bought a domain today. I'm setting up my website. So I'm with you. I'm with you. What's your domain name? Verewolfcoaching.com. You got a .com. Of course you did. No, there's no other person named Verewolf in the world. There are, there are some, but apparently they're not offering coaching. Verewolfcoaching.com. I love it. Simple, to the point, perfect. Yep. You're going to kill it at that. Yeah, you're going to freaking kill it. I'm so excited to see where that's going to go. I mean, of all the people I know on this planet, you have the most sound, sage, compassionate intelligent input and viewpoints about so many different aspects of life. I think it's going to be super cool and I can't wait to see. Although, you know, I'm going to try to not let it make me feel like crap about my website. because <laughs> Yeah, it's not. Don't go back to the Christmas cookies. Uh, I feel like I'm going to go back to the Christmas cookies. <laughs> don't go back to the Christmas cookies. <laughs> no. 
Yeah, no, I'm doing better in a lot of those areas. I'm doing really good in. And not- besides, the Christmas cookies wasn't a bad place to be because that was the jumping off place where you started working with Beth. I had to be there. I had to investigate that stuff. I didn't even know what it was until that moment of like, why do I feel, why do I feel this? Where is this coming from? Same shit you're talking about, you know? And like, oh, I feel like everyone hates me and my jokes aren't funny. And I'm a terrible <laughs> artist. <laughs> That's always the most important thing to me. Are my jokes funny? Am I getting laughs? And I wasn't getting laughs. It was just crickets. And then the it cookie. Was, it was a cricket Christmas party on Zoom. It was the most awkward affair that could have pa- happened. It was a room full of like 50 people trying to decorate Christmas cookies all on Zoom. I know. And I launched Nobody's a joke. Jokes. Nobody's jokes were landing. <laughs> really? Maybe you glitched. Maybe we glitched at that point. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Either way, you know, if it, it allowed me to illuminate some real old fucking shit that was still driving my emotional state and driving my reactions to life. You Get know? out of here. Get, Get out, of out of here. here. Well, and I did get down to some truth. And I know I've said it before on the podcast, but the truth that I got down to was in my little child mind, I had transformed an event to mean something that it never meant, you know, and to have that experience and see that I, my mind or whatever was capable of doing that at that time really cracked open like, oh, maybe I'm also not been accurate about some other things that maybe are in my consciousness. Maybe I'm actually wrong about everything. Perhaps. Yeah. That'd be great. Well, yeah. So kind of that turning point of, you know, having the support system in place and having the structure to be able to safely confront, you know, some trauma from the past is also a place of, you know, privilege. And I have gratitude for all of that stuff too. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see your website and I'm going to just, take that little piece of mine looks like crap and not let it (laughs) materialize in my mind. Mine doesn't look like crap. I totally like mine. It's totally fine. It serves its purpose. It's cute. I like the imagery. It has some information about healing key on it. And it has a place where you can schedule. It has a place where you can send me an email. Yeah. It's, I love it. It's beautiful. I'm so grateful for the help that I got building that website also. And then also the commitment to, you know, every two weeks, put out a new podcast and have more guests and continue our conversation and and continue to grow this ecosystem, whatever it's going to look like in the future, or if it's just going to always look like this, and we're going to enjoy doing it and take people with us on I think a ride. one thing I want to do with our podcast is get other people's podcasts that we help other people start podcasts. Okay. All right. So... You know, Smartless just did that. Smartless just, they're launching four new podcasts. And I'm like, God dang it. How do you do that? How do we do that? We have to start a a production company or what do we? Yeah. Okay. I'll come along for the ride. I'll do whatever pieces need to be done. But you're like the architect of that type of thing. And, you know, in order to do that, I think we do have to get back on a consistent schedule and continue to grow our audience and our reach and continue to have compelling guests and talk about the stuff that's talk about interesting things, the real stuff. It's the real shit that people are going through in this human experience. I have some guests in mind. I haven't brought them up to you yet, but I have a, a short list of people. So if you want to start adding people, start creating a list of guests. Also, we have to close because I have a 
another appointment at four. <laughs> well, good. Cause I'm going to go to taco time. Cause I'm fucking starving. I want to do hard shell. <laughs> I know you do. I know what you want from taco time. I know. <laughs> All right, Janet, All right. I'll leave your tacos in the kitchen for you. Happy okay. new year. Happy new year. All Bye right. everyone. Bye.